the Mindset Athlete Podcast and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition and mindset coaching business. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Eleanor Beth Reynolds. She's a personal trainer now turned mindset coach. So welcome on to the show, Eleanor. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So before we get started with today's episode, can you give something to the listeners that they might not particularly know about you or, or a little gem that you've never told anybody else about yourself? Oh, see, I'm quite an open person, so I don't know if it's something I've never told to anybody else. Um, but it's a lot of people, my background is, is in performing arts. That's what I um, studied at college and that's what I went on to do my degree in later on. Um, so that was actually the route I was kind of always initially wanting to take. Um, and recently, well, within the past few years, turned turned to PTing. Um, but I don't know if there's anything that no one that people don't know about me. Um, I have two children. Some people actually don't forget that. Um, but I would say I'm pretty much an open book. Everything is quite out there. That's fair enough. And if we happen back to the very beginning uh, and going back to the, your earlier days within performing arts, how much of an impact has that had on your later life going into personal training and then now obviously going into mindset coaching? Um, so like I never ever um, took the professional route within performing arts and acting it's something I'd always wanted to do um, but what that gave me when I was younger it was my everything it literally was my fire it was everything I had within me and the things that got me really excited um but what I learned from that is it raised my confidence massively so it got me comfortable with speaking speaking in front of people and building relationships and communicating so in a sense that had a huge benefit um but also like the dance aspect side of it got me really like you know it had that aspect of fitness within there um but it wasn't until after I finished my degree that I that I really started getting it that I got into fitness. It's kind of after uni actually, when I had a um I kind of I had no idea what I was gonna do. I had post uni blues they call it. And it's actually really bad. Like it's something that's not spoken out about a lot. Like you go through three years of university and you come out into this just there's no transition just ends so everything I've been doing leading up to to the end of my degree there was nothing after and I really lost myself so it wasn't until later on that year in 2016 so I was went back I was a bit of a bit of a mature student I was a mature student I went a bit later on in life after I had my son um it wasn't until later on in 2016 when I started um looking into my nutrition so over that summer I'd had a I actually had a breakdown 
um because there'd been a lot of stuff going on um in my life in the past three years and towards the end of the year it was uh, november 2016 i started looking at my nutrition and i just really i started a plan and I got on it so I started cutting out like certain foods eliminating certain foods and reintroducing them and see the impact of food on my body and it, it blew my mind and I mean ever since that moment um I've not yo-yoed in weight ever since um I've, I've been so happy with my relationship with food ever since since 2016 um but it wasn't until 2017 that I began my fitness journey so I started having so after I lost like a lot of my weight I started having some PT sessions in 2017 and that kind of, it just fired from there really. And you talk about the post-uni blues. Mm. Why, why do you think those occurred for you more specifically? But why do you think they arise in the first place? Because you talk about going from a place of confidence and in essence, those are two extremes. It's going from, a happy place to a place of, well, you could call it sadness, uh, a dark place, however you want to call it. How do you kind of have that shift yourself? So what I've recently found out with a lot of coaching myself is um, that acting and performing was my way of masking a lot of things. And it was my way of of finding a fulfillment there was something missing within me and it was a way for me to to feel more confident it was a way for me to express myself and kind of escape what was going on I mean I had a lot of stuff going on you know most of my life really we, we all have stuff going on most of our life but literally it had been like one after one thing after the other after the other and so I actually decided to go back to uni um after I miscarried so I had my son and um, I unfortunately miscarried and it was because at that point that it was my everything. It's all I wanted. I wanted another, another baby wanted another child. So I had felt I had no other purpose at all. Go, like nothing else going for me. And it's all I ever wanted. Um, so unfortunately I miscarried and it was really, really tough at the time. It really was, but I, I believe, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And you have a choice in situations or whether you let them define you, whether you let them direct, um, whether you let them control how you feel and dictate how you feel, or you can look at, look at situations with a light of gratitude and knowing that everything is happening, serving a purpose in a sense for you. And that's why I looked at it. And what, what actually happened from that was it sparked, um, it sparked a, bit of joy in me it sparked some excitement and it it sparked that thing to want to go back into performing again so I was just because it because performing was something that made me happy it made me really happy um so I went back to uni um and fell pregnant with my daughter in my first term of uni ironically and um that I just carried on through um I had a choice to drop out and postpone a year but I just carried on through had her in summer raised her raised my kids and throughout my second year and got to one in my degree but it's the thing of going back to how can I go from being such a happy place to it um, and growing my confidence to having a breakdown over the summer well this is my thing I, I went to uni and it was fulfilling something within me but it was masking something um and it was it, it was 
it was just, I was just trying to fill an empty space. So when, when that happens, when we do that, we try and fill an empty space or something, that space will always be there because when you take it away, you still fill those things. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So after uni finish, it was so busy. I had so much on. I, I didn't have time to think about, you know, things that were going on in my life. My main focus was being a mum, getting my degree. And um, so it just came to a stop after uni. So when that came to a stop, everything I'd been hiding from, everything I'd been masking had come, started coming out. I developed horrendous anxiety, like to the point where I didn't even get out of bed. Um, and it, I feel, I have that part of me that feels really guilty. So it was at the time when, you know, I was, I was living with my brother at the time, actually, during this. So I was really lucky to have support around me. But there were some mornings where I was so anxious. I was shaking. I was crying. I was petrified. I couldn't even get out of bed to, to for, for the kids. And so that was that was really the, the lowest, the lowest points I've been at. Um, yeah, anxiety can be horrendous. I'd never experienced it before. And um, I had a breakdown. And it was a not a not a pleasant time, but there were many lessons to learn from it, and it actually made me face things that I'd been masking. But most people would associate that to not being able to get out of bed would be a case of depression, not not more specifically to anxiety. But from from you more specifically. Do you disassociate the two to make yourself feel at ease with one over the other? Because there's, to some degree, not that big a stigma towards anxiety as there is towards depression. Yeah. Um, I've had, I had depression before. I'd never had anxiety with depression to the point where I was having panic attacks like where I couldn't breathe like I it was I'd never had that before um so you could say I mean I probably was depressed (laughs) and I would say yes I was I just never experienced anxiety with it before in that sense um it was a very new experience for me um very challenging one but I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That, and to be honest, like, I feel I had, when I was depressed, when I had depression, I had no motivation to do a thing. And it was different this time because I, ha- I wanted to make changes. I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want to sit like that. I didn't want to not be able to get out of bed. I actually wanted shit to change in my life and for me to start living a life that I wanted I didn't have that when I when I was suffering with depression um so that's the only that's the only difference I can I can I can see in that so from that Eleanor what what do you think some of the biggest lessons are that you learned from that experience within your life Deal with your shit, literally. <laughs> Deal with it. No matter, it's it's checking in with yourself every single day. 
processing emotions and processing your feelings um allowing yourself if you feel angry allowing yourself to feel that anger allowing yourself to feel upset allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling in that present moment not suppressing it but it's also a case of not staying there um it's i suppress so much for years and years and years since i probably was about eight years old i had a hell of a lot of stuff that I've been suppressing, a lot of stuff that I'd hidden, that I kept myself, that I was dealing with all that time. Um, there was just, yeah, don't, it, the biggest lesson was to just check in with yourself every day, deal with your shit, face it. Because if you do not, it will literally come back and bite you on the arse with massive ginormous teeth like it did I was not expecting that after getting my 2-1 at uni and feeling extremely proud and, and extremely proud and happy of myself that a few months that a couple of months later I would would have had a breakdown I didn't process anything I suppressed it all I hid it and I masked it with other things I distracted myself from what was going on um, and since then check it's so important to check in with yourself every single day showing yourself self-love giving yourself self-love like you are not going to find any fulfillment from anybody else in life you have to find it within yourself you're not going to find approval from anybody else in life you have to find that within yourself so what came from this was that big surge of, of awareness to to love myself more but the the analogy most people can probably get from this, and, and, I'll, and I'll use it, is, is you talk about not dealing with your shit. It, it's like kicking, how would I put this? Um, you're trying to hide things away, so kicking stuff under the, under the rug. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in terms of once that builds up and builds up like you were talking about, it's going to come to a point where you're going to trip over that and obviously break your neck. So... People get the metaphor. You've got to not do something like that because it becomes a hazard. So if we can put it in the light of day and it's not in the subconscious, which I think people are easy to deal with or find, hide it away, can't see it. That's no big deal. Whereas if we put it into the, what is the sense of reality, well, you're not going to do that because it's going to come a certain point where uh, it's an obstruction. It's a bit of an eyesore. And obviously we are creatures of habit. We're going to have this sense of what, well, what's other, other people going to think of a room looking like that? And you're going to deal, de- deal with it and do something about it. But obviously when it does come to emotions, the mindset and how we feel to want ourselves, we do mask away and kind of don't really deal with it. Put it, put it to one side and I'll come, I'll come to that when I get round to it and I'll try and deal with what makes me feel happy or, or what's going to give me a sense of get up and go on this bad stuff. Nah, I don't want to deal with that. Let's put it to one side and carry on. Yeah, I totally, totally get what you mean. It's something so many of us do. Literally, the amount of stuff that was under my rug, it felt like I'd been walking so big, I was walking up my rug and it is itch. I got to the top of it and then I kind of fell down. Like it wasn't so much of a, as a trip, it was literally a fall. <laughs> um, but I think uh, 
it's funny because a lot of it's just it's such a common thing we self-love is has had a stigma around it of being selfish and something that's not okay to do you know we, we we're taught to you know think of other people first and but it's that analogy you know that classic analogy you can't pour from an empty cup you can't pour from an empty cup you have to fill your cup up first and if you are pouring from your cup that's half full what is left for you how are you going to help other people how are you going to be able to show up as the best version of yourself give everything that you can give be the best version of you if you have nothing to drink from yourself so i am a biggest advocate for self-love um and i think that with the thing of dealing with your shit it can be shunned off a lot it can be like people can shy away from it they can be like oh well that don't bother me i'm not fussed by that that's not true strength that's not true inner power that's what i don't believe that i believe true strength and inner power comes from saying right this is a situation at hand yes it's it's shit but i have a choice I can let this define me and dictate my feelings or I can choose to process this and choose to choose how I'm going to feel about this. So true power comes from, from saying, yes, this has happened, but I'm not going to let this dictate how I feel. I choose how I feel not. Um, oh, that's not bothering me. I'm not fussed by that. Do you see the difference? Mm. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to try and not get too sciencey here and too technical because at times it, it can be too beautiful for people to con- to contemplate. But in terms of like of a hormonal response, and for you more specifically, because you, you, you found times where you were, in a sense, inept, not able to get out of bed. Do you think that was because of not dealing with, with, with your shit, as you mentioned, what was under your rug? had an impact on be it every chemical process within your body 100% yes I absolutely believe that I believe it was kind of like a, a domino effect you know when you when you don't care about yourself so obviously when you're feeling stress your body releases, releases cortisol like that's one of the you know main hormones that's released and so many others when we're in that state, our body puts itself in, in that position of fight or flight mode, like all the time. So our brainwaves are, are, are like going at such a high frequency that we're constantly like in alert phase. That's how, that's how it is. So it's no wonder people feel like so anxious when they've got so much going on. But I believe that from, um, from the not caring about myself from from literally hiding everything and just just masking everything over I wasn't I wasn't showing myself any self-love I wasn't showing myself self-care if I didn't love myself why on earth would I then feed myself the right things why on earth would I you know and feed myself right things with with food and body but also my mind and why would I like be interested in fitness and things as well this is where it all kind of links because they're all the biggest mind body and soul thing isn't it they're all interlinked so just by that alone that spark that made like that cause a big spiral effect down because your hormones are impacted massively by what you eat as well and and exercise so if i'm not you know if i wasn't eating right then then i wasn't 
you know, that was affecting the hormones that were produced as well. So I believe it 100% did affect every single area in my life. But you are, you all get this re, 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 I can't say the word relatability to hormones, and 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 I and I'll quote this from a TV program I was watching yesterday, which is quite ironic. In terms, of, I would question some of it because it would it would be be doing a little bit beyond the research of what it was. Thinking, well, if you want to have it that effect on yourself, how is it going to have it? the alter effect and I'll, and I'll go into actually my point of this is it was looking at oh, I think it, it was a TV program ransom playing on the fact that oh god what was that thing going viral scaring the kids months ago I think it was building on something to, to do with that into their storyline but Momo uh, yeah but theirs was to do with doing 16 stages uh, to or in the end kill themselves and do to or suicide, but obviously that was um, they were in a bad place that you talk about in terms of there's no self love, there's no self worth, uh, and they all, all I think people in general, in a nutshell, are craving is, is is to be loved by somebody no matter what. So they're they're going towards that and. and the the acronym they were using within it was dose so it's dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphin so obviously dopamine as you and i know is anything that's going to stimulate you so be it you get a high from it so these is why one for us is exercise but it's anything that you get a kick out of so uh and then the the other one, adrenaline and endorphins, it's probably like a risk and a reward. So if you do something stupid, you weigh it up as, on oh, another TV, I was watching, watching Coach Trip, like celebrity version. Uh, one of them didn't want to do it. But once he jumped on and, oh, what was he doing, a zip wire, he wanted to do it again. So we talk about the, the endorphins from, from doing... Uh, the risk and rewards, if you get a kick out of it, you want to do it again. But the serotonin and the oxytocin, I was like, well, it's trying to conduce the people to go sleep deprived. Well, from my basis of knowledge of uh, of the two hormones, well, if you're not sleeping, your, your serotonin level is definitely not going to be a factor. It'll be going down. So for in terms of making you feel... A sense of good i would disagree with the, the the tv drama but then no tv drama is 100 percent accurate in terms of if you actually delve deep enough and reflected on well that's total bull crap, bullshit because that's not possible so from that basis and then oxytocin was on the basis of well the sense of it is a love hormone so it, 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 you are craving either something that you are not being given by your peer or you perceive you're not being given by your family, whereas that would be impossible. Uh, whereas it's probably self-love that you need to give to yourself. So in, in a nutshell, those are four hormones are going to have a massive impact on your well-being, your state of mind. Yeah. 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 
they're really important. They all have impact on your body. Um, serotonin is probably one of the most interesting ones. I mean, it's a lot of people think it's formed in within the brain, but the higher percentage of your serotonin is formed in your gut. It's actually formed within your gut. And um, you know, that's that I feel that one it gets when I when I tell people educate people about that a lot, they're like, What? No way. It's like, yeah. So literally what you eat forms you know, for within your gut forms these happy hormones. You know, so when people eat like shit, they're gonna feel like shit literally. You know, and the um you know, the brain and the gut is is joined it's linked by its nervous system their central essential nervous system it's actually linked like they talk they respond to each other um i feel hormones are something that that get gets neglected a lot especially within the pt pt profession i mean i've spoke to pts before that think it's all about um it's all about calories and macros with with your body and how it functions and it's not hormones play like it's it's an aspect of it, but it's hormones that play the biggest part. The biggest part. Do you think there's a gender divide between PTs on that, or not really? A gender divide, as in hormones, because obviously males don't have to do. I won't say they don't have to deal with their hormones, but they're not as influential day to day as, say, for a female. Um. I, I don't know if I say there's a divide, but I would say that <laughs> a lot of the PTs that I did speak to were males that didn't consideration hormones. Um, so I'm not saying that's all males. So I'd just say that's just what it is. But I think you know, females, you know, we're we're labelled. We're we're known for being hormonal and having extra hormones and stuff, and and a lot of hormones. And um, but at the same time, that you know, guys have have the same have the same but because of this stigma and this thing of around hormones it's just it's just been given a, a more of a feminine um feminine like link link to it i suppose but i think there's a lot more of education that can be given within hormones alone um especially within the pt industry it's um something that's that's needed i think it's i think cut off the education about calorie counting and um just up the education on hormones and the functioning of the body. Well, it'll be ever changing because there's been um, a shift between, gosh, we're going into nutrition a bit, but in terms of what was commonplace 20 plus years ago with the eat well plate to mm. that is now, I won't say disregarded, but it within the profession. It's not the go-to. It was once. Calorie mm. counting is probably the norm right now in terms of everybody is fixated on it must hit my calories, but that you're kind of putting a stopgap on, on on your results and actually enjoying the process because that's, that's very analytical in terms of looking at things from that perspective. Uh, and you, you, you mentioned a good point in terms of the macros. Well, for some people, that's too difficult. And it, it, it does come down to probably listening to the individual and say, well, what, 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 what do you think is feasible for, for you going forward, for you to be accountable 
and for you to get the best out yourself. So I think and as PTs, we do go in with a, I will call it a fixed mindset as I want you to do this. Otherwise I don't feel that I'm doing enough work. So as opposed to doing what I just mentioned and, and listening to be it the client, the person you're consulting with and they having an onus on their results. And obviously they're going to be more willing to want to improve on that because they're invested themselves. It's not, here is all my problems. In this case, we're not sweeping it on the rug. We're kind of putting it at the step, at the feet of another individual. Ego, you deal with my problems. Kind of mentality. Uh, and we need to kind of probably, with better education, come away from that and, and uh, like you were saying hormones are a massive factor in that and I think it does come down to not re-educating but bringing them along for the ride in a loose term in terms of well this is how I did it and explaining and putting into place strategies as you have got A, B, C, D one, two, three, four, five, however we want to number it, how we want to portray it. This is the circumstances I had to deal with. This is the steps I put in place. You take it as you will. And we go from there. Be it you can either do it yourself, work with a mentor or a coach to get you in a better place. And I think it's doing, as you mentioned, and then probably trying to other as opposed to alleviate the problem and probably help them get out of what is a rut in a sense, need to be a bit more proactive and actually get the individuals to see that there's a problem before it actually materializes. Yeah. 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 100% agree. Yeah. And I think the most important thing, the most important thing is the mindset. It's all about mindset. And um, I think that, if <laughs> I said like you should have like the edu- more education in hormones, but you know what, if anything, it, it's, it's the mindset that needs, that should be, that should be um, pushed forward when it comes to, it's worse any area in life, any area, not just, not just personal training, not just fitness, not just within nutrition, any area in life. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, but it's, it's something, hence why I've tried, I've tried, you know, I'm now a mindset coach because it's that aspect that, that made me so passionate. Realize I, you know, I wanted no, no amount of coaching in the gym, no amount of advice or, or calorie counting for some of my clients, um, they still were not fulfilled. No, even with their results, even when getting results, still not fulfilled. And they still, their limiting beliefs still kept coming up. They still kept, you know, talking bad about themselves, not ever being satisfied, not feeling happy in their own skin. Um, and it is, it's all, that aspect is all down to the mindset. That's why I'm so passionate now. Why, why I made that big transition into mindset coaching. 
Well, I think you are, you you ask a, a poignant question, Elena, in terms of how do I envision it, and this is probably how I've had the shift within my business. I'll look to well, not necessarily solve that first, but at least bring up well some of those inner demons uh, and and get them to be at least realize that they're there and we work through that and then obviously look to see what the priority is and you make the decision be it do we need to focus on the mindset first do we need to focus on the fitness first do we need to focus on the nutrition and you make the decision as opposed to saying i think it's this 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 we work in that order working what was the stereotypical way of okay the only two the only two at that time uh, and it's only more recently that it's had a shift towards what is psychology uh, and obviously mindset and how the brain functions in controlling all of it. We only looked at what was, in a sense, behavior and aesthetics, whereas I think people are still, to a certain extent, still fixated on that. I must look a certain way because this is how I feel about myself. Uh, this is what society is telling me I need to look like. This is what magazine. This is what. So you're kind of brainwashing yourself to believe stuff. Where uh, I think when you were in the right state of mind, you would say, "Hang on a second, I don't believe in that that BS at all. This is how I think." But because you've got so engrossed in to what is popular culture you start functioning as this is your new norm. Whereas if we take a step back, like you said, in terms of, and this is where I'm going to make my point, we don't envision the, the brain as, as another actual muscle. It's, it, I think because probably as education is not for everybody, people dra- kind of switch off from it and, and, and well, English, math, science, oh, this isn't for me. I'm going to switch off and I'm going to focus on be something that makes me happy, uh, gives me positive hormonal responses, so be it social media, reality television, stuff that's in a nutshell. This is a dopamine. Well, it brings out the worst in probably people as well because you <laughs> get a kick out of, things when something goes wrong with somebody um you get a sense of i won't say happiness towards it but because it's there's excitement is something that gives you that that hormonal response that you want you crave whereas if you actually took a step back and actually look to probably improve yourself uh, and, and how you wanted to better yourself. It's hard to put into words in terms of what, what I mean by this, but you, you want to strive to be better, be it having that connection with your brain. And I think this is where people probably get unstuck because we we necessarily think of the brain as separate from the rest of the body in a sense because oh i can see my muscles grow because i can i can i've got the uh well not my, my 
trainers will talk about the the mind muscle connection in terms of you you get we have a, no problem with getting that rapport but then you think you don't think of the brain can be improved upon whereas obviously if you took a step back and i think what's the quote in terms of i can't I think it's something very very minute percentages of the brain we actually utilize and I can't, I think like something like 15%. So you're thinking, well, there's going to be some that there's nobody out there would have attained hundred percent capability of their, of their brain, probably very, very, very close. But you look at how much we don't utilize that is being potentiated to be able to utilize. And I use big words there, but um, in terms of that, that actual, frame of mind if you look at it from that perspective well look how much you can improve we we don't we use a very limited resource why why that is that's a different question altogether Mm. yeah yeah it's the thing though i mean a lot of people don't even know they have the potential to use more of their brain but why would they? Their awareness isn't there. Their attention's not pointed at that. Their awareness is on on their, you know, on the forefront of their mind of what they're currently thinking and feeling. And if they're feeling about themselves that they have don't feel good enough, they don't have the potential, that nothing they ever do is good enough, all the all these limiting beliefs we tell ourselves, why would they think that they that they could potentially use more of their brain? Why would they be open to that idea? You know, we focus on you know we 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 get back what we focus on and this is a thing with beliefs when you believe something within yourself you will do anything to prove yourself right and back up those beliefs so you will look for any reason to back up the beliefs that you're not good enough that you can't amount to anything that you're fat for example that's the biggest one a lot of people saying i'm fat you're not fat you know fat is not an identity you have fat that's something that can change um so it's yeah so until people have that awareness and you know their mind can be opened or they open their mind and but that can only happen when they want to change and make changes when they have something you know an insightful question asked to them that makes them think beyond their current beliefs makes them think beyond their current thoughts um will change ever occur and that is why i'm so passionate about mindset coaching that is why i'm a mindset coach because it's that bridge gap between your current state of thinking to to where you want to be in life, to achieve what you want to achieve. Um, and if we can bring that into the fitness industry of channel, chan, uh, challenging their forefront of beliefs, then their results in the gym, what do you think their results in the gym are going to get worse? Their results in the gym are going to get better because, because they have a connection with why they want those results. So somebody comes to you and says, I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? Because I don't want to be fat anymore. You know, I, I want, I want to lose the fat. But if you dig deep and ask them insightful questions and you, and you, you work on their mindset, you probably get to the root that they want to lose 10 pounds because, because, um, you know, they're sick and tired of sabotaging themselves because they don't believe they're good enough. You know, or they want to lose 10 pounds because they, because they actually want to amount to something. Satisfaction. They want achievement. So when you make can make those connections, 
that is just it's going to power it's going to put like a little turbo boost on your reason for exercise or your reason for starting a fitness and health and fitness journey for example but then like like you were saying early doors in terms of you know the fulfillment that you had what actually brings you the most fulfillment now because obviously you talked about in the early part of the episode that you were having a stopgap, be it having children, going to university. What is the fulfillment that I'm going to say completes you and kind of brings you a greater sense of joy now? I have the biggest smile on my face right now. So as I said before, acting and performing was my everything. When I was younger, I had, um, one thing about me is I have very strong, like very strong visions. I believe anything is possible. Like ever since I was a little girl, there was no telling me no that I could not achieve anything. And um, that's something I lost when I got older, but that's another story. But so acting, I'd always envision myself being on that red carpet, being famous, being known, making something huge of my life, being that girl that's come from a tiny island that takes on and conquers the world. Okay was my everything it gave me joy excitement it made me feel good it was I felt it was one thing that I was here to do recently and I mean recently within the past eight weeks that whole perception that I have and this is just how strong beliefs can be right that whole perception I had on that everything I wanted to strive for has changed my mindset coaching is he has given me full fulfillment. I have never, ever felt this way about anything before. I didn't think anything would come close to the way acting and performing makes me feel. And I've recently just done a performance. I was a lead in a show recently. And it literally, like, three months ago, I was saying I'm going to take the professional route and give it a go. Mindset coaching doing this has given me a greater joy a greater fulfillment and a, a just a sense of being on purpose um, and it is that saying I keep saying it all the time at the moment I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing I have found that thing and I cannot express the feeling of contentment and happiness that I feel because this is not masking anything this is actually me being true to who I am and the fact that I don't I don't know if I want it. I don't want to take the professional route in acting and performing. Now, I, I cannot express how big a deal that is. Anybody that knows me will understand how big a deal that is. Um, for, but, yeah, that this is what, what brings me just complete contentment within myself and fulfillment and drive. And I wake up every day with a smile. I go to bed with a smile. I actually don't want to go to bed because I'm so excited about life. Like, you know, I go to bed literally like, oh, I can't wait to wake up. I've never felt that way before, ever. And it, I didn't think it was possible to feel that way. For years and years, I've been, you know, getting myself down, picking at myself, you know, getting angry and frustrating myself for not being motivated, for not being able to stay consistent, for not being competent, for, for not showing up and not achieving my goals. And the truth is, I just didn't want to do what I was doing. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I think a lot of us can find ourselves in those situations. It's when you find that thing that you want to do, 
that thing that you feel like it's just it just fills you just feels right then then you feel full contentment I never ever thought I'd feel this way I kind of had to pinch myself a bit because I was like you know two weeks two weeks down the line I was like hang on is this am I feeling this way and I was like this can't be right I was like this will go soon because this is what usually happens I'll get excited about things and then it will just disappear that excitement will go it hasn't it's just got stronger and stronger it's it's absolutely crazy I cannot explain it that I'm I'm doing the right thing right now. I mean, I'm just where I'm meant to be. So yes, to answer your question, mindset coaching, that is the answer. And you kind of gloss over the fact that going from childhood into probably teenage life, I would assume and presume probably right. Why do you think that, and I'm going to generalize this comment a little bit more and make it a little bit more for everybody. Um, that we kind of go from a sense of a risk and reward and to a certain extent as in, in our younger years there's no risk really you don't you don't actually t- take on all the consequences you do it anyway uh but why do you think there is that shift at a later life to be able to not to be able to that you take on board the risks the consequences and obviously sometimes i'm going to dictate and you're not going to do the task at hand Mm, interesting question are you referring to before mindset coaching as an example I would say before, because everybody's going to go through that scenario where as a child, I'm not going to say everybody's risk averse, but in terms of you're more likely to do things that are maybe adverse to the consequences. You don't really think about it. You do it. Ah. Maybe in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that, but that may be the worst case scenario that 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 the actual thought processes arise, but in most cases, you don't think of the what if I want to do that to fit in, I'm gonna do it, but when does you think that the mental shift occur where people get I'm not gonna say fixated, but in worst case scenarios they get fixated on well this could go wrong. People are going to think this of me, etc. And then obviously you, you kind of take a back seat and become a hermit in, a, in the sense of the word. You become recluse in the worst scenario. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know how that is for everyone. I couldn't pinpoint a certain point in life that says this is this happens because of this or this happens when. Um, I think it's just series of experiences because you have people, there are people out there that don't ever experience any of that stuff. You know, they, they've, they've literally never had any limiting beliefs about themselves. They've never doubted themselves. Okay. The one thing I can relate that to is my personal experience. Um, but a lot of mine just came from my lack of self-worth. 
not feeling good enough. And, you know, there, there was a point where I actually went from so much fire and ambition, and I, I say fire a lot, a lot, it's a fire, like fire in your belly. And there was a point I had so much, and, and I just lost it in an instant because I made a decision. It was down to a decision I made. So when I found out I was pregnant with my son, I was tra- training at um, performance preparation academies, ready to kind of go audition and go off to drama schools and things. That's the route I wanted to take. When I found out I was pregnant with my son, I made an instant decision to give up on that. I remember saying the words to myself, well, that's my acting career over before it even started. Now, there's two things I knew in life that for sure I was going to be a mum and that I was going to do something big in this world, right? I knew I, knew I was going to, those, those were two like non-negotiable things. But what happened was when I gave up on, on that straight away, I literally put my fire out in my belly and it was a decision I made. And um, then I spiraled down and I literally became a hermit. That was when I became depressed. I didn't leave the house. I didn't have a phone. I didn't speak to anyone. I just stayed inside in four walls all the time. Um, and it's because I made a decision to stop being true to who I was. Now, I being a, coming a mum was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, they're my little saviours. I wouldn't change anything for the world. And this is my path. This is where I was meant to go. And I'm so, I have so much gratitude for it. Because I, for going through this experience myself, this is what's given me that passion and drive to help other people relight their fire in their bellies. You know, to help the people that feel lost, those ambitious people who want more out of life. Um, you know, I, it's given me that drive. I'm here to help those people, to tell them, you can do that. You can, like, relight that fire within you. You can still achieve these things that you want to achieve. Um. But I would just say, going back to the question, that I think it's just down to uh, mounting experiences in your, in your life and, and down to your root beliefs about yourself. You know, it, everything comes down to a decision and choice. And when you raise that awareness within yourself that you hold the power to your choices and your decision in your life, then you can choose how you respond. We all, you know, I used to hate being told take responsibility. I always took that as taking blame for things. I hated it. But until I read a book and it said responsibility is your ability to respond it blew my mind changed everything I was like my gosh it's not about me it's it's not about you know it's not about things being put on me it's about my ability to respond to any situation experience in my life so yeah I think it's just down to to you know the decisions that we make we all have a choice as to whether we say you know what I'm gonna I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. Or that choice to say, choice of, I'm going to give up now. You know, you can't ever be, there's two choices that end up either empowering or disempowering, positive or negative. You can't be in the limbo between the two. It's one or the other. And when we realise that when you make that decision, it will go one way or the other. So let me ask you this question then, because I've obviously got to know you. Why does oops? Why does the that belief come into you, and it may have changed since since this occurred? That everything needs to be perfect before you'll get something done, and obviously people can relate to that. 
Hang on, say that again. In terms of how, since I've got to know you, and this may have, this belief may have changed since since you brought it up. Um, when a certain circumstance comes of it needs to be perfect before it gets done, analogy, and people can mm. re- resonate with that. Have you had a shift in the perception towards that? Or have you kind of taken a step back? It doesn't need to necessarily be be perfect. And I'll go a step further in terms of why I say this. Because people have that assumption it needs to be a certain way to be appreciated. It probably comes back to what you talk about, about self-worth. It's, it's you are... Put it, you're pinning your hopes on and dreams on what other other people are going to think about it before you you actually do anything with it. You you have that assumption, well, they're not going to like me, they're not going to like this, and then you take a step back because you're or you're you you kind of put yourself on the back foot and you, you you're not actually doing anything you're kind of giving yourself a putting a barrier straight away because you have that predisposed idea in your in your head. Yeah, yeah. So my perspective has completely changed on that. It was something that recently came to my attention that I've been holding off doing a lot of things because I wanted it to be perfect. So I had to, I wouldn't put myself out there out of fear of rejection, fear of being good enough fear of people thinking I'm stupid um but this is a wonderful thing when you bring these when these realizations come to the forefront of your mind you can challenge them and you can understand them and then you can change them so I don't have that perception now literally ever since that conversation that I had with you about that um I have been doing nothing but just putting myself out there imperfectly taking imperfect action because there's no action that is perfect there's not this is something I learned very recently. And um, it's just about just being true to yourself. And all the time that I was trying to be perfect, all the time that I was trying to do things in a certain way, trying to please everybody else, I was, I was taking myself further and further away from my authentic truth. So today was a prime example, like, you know, doing this podcast because I've never done a podcast before, never. I was so nervous and I was like what have I you know I started the chimp inside started talking it's like what have I got to offer you know what have I got to say that you know people can listen to and stuff but I just took it away from that and thought you know what I'm just gonna just take that perfect action just do it just do it and what will be will be you can't live up to the expectations of other people and I'm very slowly learning getting there to to accept and appreciate myself for who I am and not care so much about being perfect. As long as I am happy in me, uh, happy with what I'm doing and true to myself and doing what I want to do with value and helping other people, then that's that's all there is to it. So I no longer have that perception. It's, it's, it's a perception that changed. This is another thing. People think ch- there's a stigma around change being taking a long time. Change will occur as quickly as you allow change to happen. You know, that I could have, I could have literally stewed on that belief for months and months and months, even years. I have done with previous beliefs, you know, I'm not good enough. 
I'm not good enough. Literally, it's all I used to say to myself all the time. I, I knew why, and I know why I feel that way. But I could have steered on that for a long time, but I didn't. I, I, I chose, I made that decision, I was talking about earlier, made that decision to change that perception. Um, and that, I think it's a wonderful thing. I love the fact that in each and every single one of us, we have the power, we have the power to choose what we do, how we feel, how we think, how we react, how we respond, how we behave. We have that power. Nobody else has it in them to, to control us. You control you. And I find it so, it's just a breath of fresh air. And it's, I actually find it liberating. Like it's, it's just, it's wonderful. And when you realize that, and when you, when you tell yourself and when you say to yourself that I have that power within me, you know, you, I tell you what, you, you just, it does wonders for your confidence as well. You know, you really want to start putting yourself out there. Well, this is one, I, and I've thought about it before I'm going to say it. People will have heard practice makes perfect, but it depends on which side of the coin you look at it on, on reflection and thinking it through my head. When we put the, the notion of obviously practice is no problem because that's where you make mistakes. You, you learn from it. But then this notion of perfection is quite dangerous because like, well, if I look at it from one perspective, it's not attainable. It's, it, 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 there's a limiting belief suffer me because, well, practice makes perfect. Well, if I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again and it's not right, I move myself further and further away from what is perfection. So I think from that analogy, you take it what, from what you will, take the good and the bad. I think in, in overall reflection, it is a basis of obviously trial and error and look at it from that perspective to you get better. The more you do, you do something, you, uh, you get good at it as opposed to trying, trying, should I say, to attain perfection because it's not attainable because it's an ever moving um, pendulum, however we want to say it because it's always going to move. But that, if you look at it from a positive perspective now, as opposed to me saying the negative way of looking at it, you're okay with getting close to it. That's practice. And you keep moving the barrier further and further away from yourself to keep growing. So I think in a nutshell, it, like you say, it comes down to perception. It comes down to how you envision yourself moving forward. I think also it's, it's, it's in which scenario you think of this as well. So, you know, what is perfect? What, what defines perfect? It, it's, non, it's not a measurable outcome. Perfect. It's, it's, a, um, it's a result. And I think the result that drives perfection is satisfaction. So if you're somebody that works hard, 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 I mean, you can have, if you look at like, you know, if you look at, for example, you know, weightlifting, you know, you can have the most perfect squat form. You could be squatting um, weights, you know, you could be squatting at professional level. But if you don't think you're good enough, right, are you going to put yourself forward to, to squat at professional level? Are you going to feel perfect in, to, in yourself and to yourself? Are you going to feel satisfied? Of course you're not. It's, perfection is a desired outcome, and that desired outcome is a, is a choice 
made by you. You know, it's about accepting and appreciating where you are every single way, I feel. Like you said, practice makes perfect. In the sense of if, for example, if you if you actually have a competition and there are things that you have to hit, right? So like targets or, you know, numbers that you have to hit, you know, that's slightly different because that's measurable. But if you're looking at everyday life, such as putting yourself on a podcast, how do you how do you measure that? How do you measure perfection on a podcast? You can't. You you actually can't. So I suppose that practice makes perfect is in a sense of you know works in a sense of in the fitness field or in a competition scenario things where there are scalable, measurable, you know outcomes. But in terms of everyday life and our mindset and our thoughts about ourselves. It, it, it's not measurable. Perfect is a desired outcome. It's satisfaction. And you can choose, you know, you can choose that satisfaction. You can, you can be satisfied in yourself for, for trying and making effort. You know, you can be satisfied with yourself for going out there and, and, you know, not doing it 100% correctly or, you know, completely doing it wrong. But you can still feel satisfied within yourself for trying and your efforts. Yeah, but you would agree that people don't look like it, don't look at it from that perspective most of the time. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You're, like I said, perfectionism, it, it's not a scalable outcome. People constantly reaching for this perfectionism. They're constantly reaching, reaching, reaching for something that isn't there. It's not there. It doesn't exist. Nothing is perfect. You know, until you have, you know, and this is why people set goals. Goals help achieve that, you know, that, that outcome. When you hit your goal, it's like, great, amazing. But acknowledge where you're at. Don't just pass it over and think, oh, I'm still not good enough. I'm not where I'm meant to be. You know, you've, you've, made, you've made an achievement. You've hit a goal. And then, you, you know, you raise it a bit. And you bring it up and you do that over time. And your goals get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, but, but if you're just going about every day with a sense of, you know, running around in your subconscious mind of I'm not good enough, then no matter what you do, is never, never, ever, 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 ever be good enough. So you're literally reaching for, for the impossible in your, in your mind. And then this moves... You never point- get that satisfaction. And this moves pointedly to my penultimate question to you in terms of, and you may have answered it already, how would you get somebody to either change... Or challenge their inner belief system. Oh, question! Ask intriguing and insightful questions on you know about themselves. I, it's open up a conversation, dig into help them dig into those beliefs. You know, as a coach, you're not there to, to give them advice and you know tell them what to do. You know, you can give your you know you can give your own stories and personal personal experiences and stuff, but you're not there to tell them what to do. Change will only ever happen if that person decides that they want to change, if they're open-minded to changing. So it's just about asking questions, having a conversation with them that is going to challenge their current thinking. Because when you challenge your current thinking, you think past your current thinking. Opens your eyes. And, and this is, you know, we get all this current thinking. is well. We can get this challenging thinking from books. Books change my life. Audios, YouTube videos, you know, all these things help challenge our current belief system, our current thought patterns. But going back to what I said before, that I feel, I feel I need to mention this, is there's a fear around being too satisfied with where you're, with where you're at. 
it's a fairly common thing people feel that if they feel that feeling of satisfaction that's that they're good enough that they won't push past that they'll get comfy where they are and it's a really common fear um but it's it's actually not the case because do you not find that every time that you you reach for a goal you smash a goal that you want to go for it again you want to you want to up it and you want to go for it again it's actually one of the biggest driving forces and you know what it will make you will find that you are content in every single day of your life you know if you're not content in yourself today if you don't love yourself today if you don't feel good enough today you don't do anything about it what what on earth may you think that you know three days time three weeks time three months time three years time 30 years time that you're going to feel those things with that with that same thought pattern you know and i think people it, I encourage people to feel good in themselves. Find everything that they desire within themselves. Find it within the internal, not the external. And I think like it's just when you can challenge people's thoughts and get people to open their mind a bit, you, you can literally see changes start to happen. Now, I don't know what your thoughts are, are around that, but, um, but those are... Are my thoughts. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, you are a professional, you know, professional athlete. What what are your what are your views around, you know, um, satisfaction? Gosh, that's a good question. Uh, very rarely have I got that flipped around that on, on me. That question. Uh, in terms of satisfaction, sorry, it's um, all right. It'll come down to two factors. It's obviously that that inner belief, that inner motivation first and foremost, or the external motivation that you talked about, the outcome, the results, which in a sense is materialism. And that'll t- it depends where you are at, be it on your, in your career, your journey, where you, where you will find that satisfaction. Uh, for me, more specifically, it's had, it would have varied throughout that career, be it the early stages was, well, if we go right back, external. It was very, I was very egotistically driven. It was, I could care less about the performance. I just wanted to win. Uh, and I think as I progressed up the ranks, that changed because the satisfaction was within. It was like you said, taking off goals. I went to make. I wanted to. I wanted to make the national team. Done that. What's the next one I want to do? And do, and do it from that stage. So it was internal ones dr- driving me to have that sense of satisfaction. But if we take it all in in the commonality of of the two motivate motivators, sorry. It stems from passion. That's the biggest one to, to, and this is what you, you, you brought up in terms of where you're at within coaching. It, it is the, the driving force behind it. I'd have done it if I, okay, I was lucky enough to be paid to do it. I'd have done it anyway. So it does come down to the, that is an inner, inner belief. I'm in a good place. I'm doing it for me not for anybody else. I'm not trying to fulfill anybody else's um, lifelong dream, be it 
you know, parental pressure be, being put upon oneself. I didn't have that. This is the goal I wanted to do. It's something I wanted to do from a very young age to be an athlete. Okay, that did happen when I probably got to my teenage years. The The fashion in which I wanted to do that wasn't realistic, but another door opened and I took it. So in a nutshell, to answer your question, Elena, it, it probably comes down to the perception you see satisfaction. It's going to change. And it comes to a fact, are you content with that? How how you see it? Because sport is very much outcome-based, results-focused, and to a sense very materialistic because it's awards. Um, what's the other one I want to use? Accolades that come with it. That's the driving factor at some point within that realm if you can have a little bit of a equilibrium between the two i think you're you are more satisfied because once you start swaying towards obviously that external motivator all all the time you start to lose that motivation you and you start to do like you said it starts to wane away it's you 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 lose well that's not really fulfilling me now. It's 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 kind of lost its buzz. It's it's not really instilling that fire within me to get up every morning to 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 put myself through that. I'm not say put my body through because people can't. Oh, not everybody can relate to that. But in terms of to want to do that, whereas if you can keep it more towards the internal side of things. Okay, I'm not saying it's all sunshine and roses, but there are days when it's hard and that's when support is, is, is necessary to kind of whatever fashion that materializes a, a, a shoulder to cry on, a, a, a sh- put an arm around you or kick up the ass. It's, they're all support in one way or another, it's just how you look at it. But it's gravitated between one and the other and it's fluctuating. It's going to, it's going to, there's going to be times there's going to be ones I want but but if you're content with that I think you, you are going to be fulfilled and, and, and more satisfied where, where you're at and my final oh. question to you yeah. before we wrap up the episode is if you are to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away what would that be? Oh, go and love on yourself like you've never loved on anybody before. And can you can you um, extend that out? Um. Oh. Put it in the right words. <clears throat> you, uh, let's think about this. No thing, nobody, no situation, no experience will ever fulfill you <clears throat> unless you choose and decide what fulfills you. Um, I'll say 
looking to the external for answers will only create more external experiences. All the time you do that, you take, take yourself further away from yourself. You have to look within you for everything that you want in life. You have to look within you for how you want to feel, be, do, act, behave, be seen. You have to look within you, um, including your achievements, um, everything, your satisfaction, no matter what it is, it has to come from you. And that comes from a place of self-love, self-worth. You know, it comes from a place of putting yourself first. Um, yeah, I'll say that is the summary that today is about. So, uh, Elena, once again, thanks for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure's been all mine. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Elena and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at elenabeth.mompreneur and at jamesoroberts11. And again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And once again, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk forward slash free dash resources. Make sure to check the link out. The link will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category general. So once again, thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.